This is Josh Mills. And I'm back again, guys. This is Jordan, or Jordan. <laughs> He's back for another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys with us. I am happy to have Jordan here with me on another beer week. It's gotten hot, hasn't it, around here? It has gotten hot and humid here in Arkansas. So, George and I decided to kind of, I guess, take a step back from our heavy, heavy style beer drinking. I almost said heavy drinking, but <laughs> it's really, we're talking to the heavy beers drinking that we like to do. And we decided to check out some seltzers as we're heading into the early summer months and the beginning of lake season for a lot of people. Yes. And I'm not a huge seltzer person. So the fact that I'm doing this, she's sacrificing for y'all. So make sure you, uh, you raise a raise a dark beer for Jordan when you're listening to this. <laughs> but this week we are doing two seltzers. Um, one is from New Belgium. It's called the Fruit Smash Hard Seltzer, and we're doing their pink fla- pink lemonade flavor. So it's going to be lots of fun. And then the other one we're doing is we're doing Topo Chico's Hard Seltzer, and we're doing the Strawberry Guava. Strawberry guava flavor. And George, what do we have down there to eat today? So we have some boiled shrimp with homemade cocktail sauce. Um, We've got some chicken wings that are done in a teriyaki sauce. And then we've got a meat and cheese tray because who doesn't love a meat and cheese tray? Yeah, and we're kind of doing some things that are, you know, lighter on the fair, things you may have while you're out boating or when you come in from the lake and you or after you float down the river for a while. And it's just going to be lots of fun this week. And before we get started, we got to talk about that blind because I found the envelope finally of what that little vial we were drinking was. And we said it was what? A Spanish Grenache. That's right. I believe that's what we said. Yeah, we said it was like a young Spanish Grenache. And it was a 2020 Cote de Rhone. And in the note beneath it was bought at Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> so it was out there for everybody to have, but it was, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, most of those Trader Joe's wines are pretty good. And especially if you're looking for a cheap, but good bottle to open any night of the week versus like having a nice dinner. Sometimes you just want a bottle of wine, like last night, wine and burgers, yeah. nothing fancy, but that cheap bottle of wine is kind of a beautiful thing to have. And Trader Joe's has a good selection of cheap, but good wine. Yeah, they really do. And that one I think was like maybe eight bucks a bottle, eight, nine bucks. Yeah. Cause usually at Trader Joe's, when I go buy wine there, I have like a 15 and under rule when I buy wine and I really try to stay in the 10 and under range. Yeah. I mean, I will splurge occasionally on something that if I find a little gem that's a little bit pricier, but I kind of keep it on that lower end because mm-hmm. it is my everyday wine. Yeah. And so, you know, at some point we should probably do a Trader Joe, a Trader Joe episode where we talk about a bunch of Trader Joe wines and, and all that kind of stuff. But today we are doing these hard seltzers. So I'm really excited about this first one. Remember this first one that we're doing is the Pink Lemonade. Cheers from New Belgium. We're actually drinking them out of New Belgium glasses. And it's a really pretty, like, super pale pink color. It looks like a rosé bubble, like, in color. Yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to do this, I picked this one, 
was they talk about using real fruit juice in it. And I think that would kind of help with some of the sweetness issues that, you know, we've talked about with, you know, you don't like things that are super sweet, but on first taste, on first taste, it tastes really good. What do you think? Yeah, it's good. I was trying to see what the uh, natural fruit juices were in there and it's got raspberry juice, lemon juice, and citric acid. It does have some cane sugar in there and then carbonated water. Um, so not a whole lot of ingredients either. Yeah, it is. It's one of it's, you know, to that same market, it's a hundred calories, one carb. So they are a lot on that lighter side. And the pack that I picked up with this one was it was a multi-pack, which is what you find most seltzers in nowadays, is a multi twelve pack with uh three different flavors in it. And it was it seemed to be pretty good. And it's a four point seven. So it's something really nice and light. Um, I would definitely drink this after like mowing the lawn or cleaning off the roof slash gutters. Yeah. Especially on a hot day when it's, you don't want to be on that roof. So you get on really early. Yeah. So, so what, what's been your experience with hard seltzers? I avoid them. (laughs) Okay. Why do you avoid them? They usually don't have the depth of flavor that I'm looking for. Okay. And just that really, really light bodied, like this is basically drinking a alcoholic carbonated water that has flavor, like a pick your brand, you know, there's LaCroix, LaCroix. bubbly, whatever out there, Waterloo. But that's basically what this is, except for it's got a little color and it's got a little bit of alcohol to it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't stick up my nose to seltzers as much because I would prefer drinking something like this as like a lawn mowing beer over, you know, a standard light beer. You know, Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light. Don't you knock my Coors Light. I'll pump for you. I mean... I, I don't know. I, I would rather drink something like this because I also like sweet fruit. Like I like that sweeter style flavors and those sorts of things. So I like, I like that. So I I don't mind sitting back and pounding, pounding some of these because you know, it's, I think they're like four, maybe 4% alcohol. 4.7. Yeah. Super light on the alcohol, easy to drink, which 4.7, that's about what Bud Light is. Coors Light is also just a huge nostalgia beer for me, so. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of nostalgia for you with that one. Now, looking at the New Belgian website and kind of seeing things about the the Smash. And reading stuff about the Smash. Yeah, so looking at the New Belgian website, all they do is they sell them in in these variety packs. I think this is like the first time that new Belgium has really done a cider or not a cider, a seltzer. And I think they kind of took their time at it cause they wanted to do it their way. Cause new Belgium's kind of, you know, they they'll kind of follow the pack, but they'll also make sure they're doing it in the way that they, that they want to do it. And this is total, like they're totally like diving into late culture and chill you know, float, like float culture. Cause on their website, you know, they've got sunglasses. They've got the aluminum, the aluminum lawn chairs, all sorts of fun stuff. 
And like we kind of said, something that makes these different is that they use real fruit juice. They don't just use flavorings. And you said it was raspberry in this one? This one says um, raspberry and lemon juice. And I mean, it's only 1% juice, guys. So don't think you're getting all of your daily value out of the juice. (laughs) Yeah, no. But it's nice that they're actually using some juice rather than just using artificial flavoring. I mean, and even on their can, they have a hashtag, sorry for seltzering. Yeah. So they're just, they're kind of just bumping into that, like, anti-establishment kind of feeling like, yeah, I'm drinking a seltzer off. <laughs> kind of like the uh, brose, like, well, God, what is that? Like five, six years ago, kind of the brose thing. It's like, yeah, I'm drinking a rosé. It's delicious and refreshing. Go away. And this is actually, I'm, I'm super into this. I don't know about you. I wish it had a little more flavor because I feel like there's even just like regular sparkling waters out there mm-hmm. that have more flavor than this, but I can dig this. I would drink this yeah. again. I mean, I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we got a whole multi-pack now. Um, the other thing that I was seeing that which is really cool. I didn't notice this when I was at the store, but they do, they do a pack called Super Seltzer or super hard seltzer. And these super hard seltzers are at 8%. So they're actually bumping up the game a little bit and kind of, I would say, maybe reaching a little bit more into the canned cocktail level of alcohol. Well, uh, you know, kind of above that six, four, or that kind of above that 6%. I mean, heck, there's a lot of beers that don't reach, but reach 8%. Yeah. Yeah, they've got those bumming up that 8%. That would really give you a good time. Now, that variety pack, there's one that you can't have. Mommy got some got pineapple in it. Me, 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 me. Yes, it does. It does have pineapple in it. But the other ones sound really good because it's like a, it's a cherry, a bean cherry, uh, like a blue raspberry one. But they, look, they looked really good. I'm going to have to give those a try. They if we can find it. Yeah, because, you know, Arkansas just being the way it is. But I've been talking a lot and you've been kind of snacking along and eating. Why don't you talk about kind of what you've had so far and kind of how this goes with it. Now, before you say that, like, you know, we talked about how this is kind of lighter fare. You know, we've got some specs, some Copa, some cheddar, some Comte as a, as our kind of meat board going around. So we're kind of hitting that lighter summary kind of fare. Right now I've got a piece of spec and Comte. Definitely goes, in my opinion, better than the chicken wing, only because the wing's got a lot of salt to it. It's got just, and this being so light in flavor, I feel like you overpower the flavor that is there and it gets lost where, you know, the speck is lighter, the Comte, a little bit lighter. How about your shrimpage? Mm, 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 mm. I will say... That horseradish isn't nearly spicy enough (laughs) in my cocktail sauce. And I put a lot in, so. Is it ever spicy enough? Yeah, but it isn't making my mouth on fire. (laughs) So what is it about the shrimp that go well with this seltzer? I mean, shrimp's just, it's light and it's sweet. And so it goes well because there's really not a lot of sweetness to this pink lemonade at all. So it's just. They just compliment in that light, sweet, um, not iridescent, that's the wrong word. We're not talking about color theory and 
<laughs> not this not this episode not this episode we leave that to our good friend dave the rum guy <laughs> yeah rum rum guy dave and i'll next time i bet he's on i bet color theory will come up again <laughs> but just the the lightness the, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a whole lot of flavor well i mean it has a lot of flavor it's just the effervescence of it mm. okay and that's the word i was looking for and it just did not come out right <laughs> So yeah, I had the chicken. I had the chicken with it, and you're right. You know, there's a lot of flavor going on that in the chicken, and it just kind of takes over, and you just kind of get sweet water. Yeah. On that, so it's not really like it's okay, but it's just it's not great. I'd offer you some of these shrimp, but I know you want to eat them. Yeah, you know, you talk about like sweet beverages, and kind of you not liking that. For me, it's that sweet meat kind of thing, which I just don't care for. When it comes to, when it comes to meats from the sea, they're just a little bit sweeter. And I don't like them. That's because he's clinically insane. Well, I mean, we we have known that they've they've been with me for almost a hundred episodes. I think they've got that by now. <laughs> that I'm a little little insane in the membrane. So the super hard the super hard flavors are you have cherry cherry lime chill. Okay. You have wild watermelon mm-hmm. and pineapple punch. So obviously you can't have that. That cherry lime chill sounds good though. I know. I love cherry and lime that together. Sounds really good. And so for those of you who may be wondering, Jordan and I have actually tried quite a few seltzers out there. One that we're gonna I'm gonna say it in this episode, and I'm really kind of sad that I have to say it, but those Sonic ones just did not measure up to I mean, even these ones we're talking about yeah. the light on flavor. I was not super impressed with the Sonic Seltzers. Um, I just wanted more that wasn't there. Yeah, because the flavors in the slush, because what they do, if you don't, if you kind of don't know what we're kind of what we're talking about is they have a, a line of seltzers that matches some of their major like slush flavors or drink flavors. So they had like cherry lime. I believe they had ocean water. And lemon berry. Lemon berry. And they had one other. Yeah, I don't remember. But they would just, they there's so much flavor in those slushes or those drinks when you get them that there was just, it was it was quite lacking when it came to the their seltzers. I agree. And I really want to try it. Like, I'm, I'm with you. I kind of want to try that super. The super hard cherry, cherry one. And then they also make this one in a super hard, in a tall boy. Ooh. In a tall can. So, I mean, if, <laughs> I may have to go try it. Because that super tall may, or that super hard may just give it some more oomph that yeah. we're kind of looking for here. Have you tried anything else with it? I've eaten everything. What do you think of the spec with it? The spec was good. That was um, one of the first things I talked about because I was oh, eating the right. spec and the compte together. What about the copa? The the fat in the copa is what does it for me. Mm-hmm. See in the in the spec, there's like a light bit of smoke and some like pepper, like black pepperiness for me that kind of wakens up what's going on here. I can see that for sure. I mean, but now these people should know that I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just here for the food <laughs> and the booze and that. I wasn't going to say that, though. That was just implied. Maybe not as much today, but but we are happy to have you here. Now, you have some friends that drink seltzers a lot, right? I do. Um, one of my best friends back home in Montana, 
pretty much only drinks seltzers. Now she does have um, some health issues that prevent her from drinking like a traditional beer. Mm-hmm. Um, she has Crohn's disease, so she can't really tolerate the gluten and things in beer. So that's why she drinks seltzers. And that's why she, I don't make fun of her, but now I'm drinking them. So I guess uh, <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast though. So I'm safe. <laughs> oh man. I may have to, I may have to just send her this, find a way to send her this one episode. Be like, Hey, we're doing seltzers. And you know, last time we did the seltzers, we had the um, Huckleberry seltzers from big sky. Mm-hmm. The last time dad and I did this. And man, I'm missing those. Yep. Gave my last one away to my mom. That was, yeah, that was very, very sacrificial. Good daughter of you. But they were so good. And I miss those. We're going to have to figure a way to get some more Huckleberry stuff from, from Montana. Get it, come, get it to come back home. Yeah. But those were, those were really good. You know, talk, talking kind of just as we're eating and drinking on this, I've noticed so many so many seltzers now like everybody's starting to put them out like i think topo chico this one the sonic ones that we just talked about and none of these were out last year and it's like now you know it's i thought it was i thought i thought the seltzer movement was kind of waning personally yeah but now it seems to be really taking off yeah because i've seen a lot of them start hitting the market yeah now i think people are really realizing that hey dark beer is great Big fan. But I think people are realizing that their beer doesn't sell as well in the summers, unless you've got the crazy person like me who will drink the darkest beer on the hottest day of the year. Right. And sit outside while she does it. Mm -hmm. But I think these companies are realizing that, hey, we've got to give people something that is easy to drink on the lake or at a barbecue or, you know, by the poolside. Yeah. And I I think the thing that I've noticed that I like is we're getting more people starting to use real, real stuff in their seltzers. You know, we've talked on this, we've talked on the show about Sunboy before, which I still think has a little niche in the market. And I really hope they can get their funding figured out so that they can ship to where they say they're going to ship. They say they're shipping to Arkansas and Montana. And both times I've tried to order, uh, I get told, no, they can't ship here. Yeah, so hopefully they can figure that out and they can get their get their funding going so they can distribute more widely because they're still out of everything I've had, they've still been the best tasting. Yeah. But I really like, you know, they're starting to use real fruit juice. I think um, you know, there are some others out there, you know, Tobo this Tobo Chico says they use natural flavors. And other fla- and other natural flavors, um, but I don't think they're actually using any juice. But it's really nice to see that there are more companies out there who are starting to use real juice, and and keep them out there. You know, the other thing that makes these great, and I think why companies are starting to continue to improve on the on their seltzer programs, are for people who are, you know have celiac disease or have a, some sort of gluten intolerance, giving these people one option or other people like your friend that who have issues where they can't ha- they literally cannot have a beer and giving them the option to have, to have some of this stuff, which I, I, I think is good. And they're, I think the flavors are getting better and better all the time. I agree. So 
would you, George, would you go buy this? You know, pool season is coming up. I would definitely buy it, throw it. Um, we've taken the cooler before to the pooler, the pool and just put it by our chairs and, you know, mm-hmm. take a couple of Yetis. Yeah. And I would definitely buy a pack of this. I sit down, mm-hmm. you know, carry in the backpack cooler and I'd probably get intoxicated. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably a little bit less. You know, everybody would. The other thing that I like about it is it does kind of, I mean, it's not super hydrating, but it is still quite a bit of water, mm-hmm. you know, with it being what it is. The other thing I, I, I like is that, you know, it's, it's, we're coming into summer berry season as well. Something you could do with these is rather than using ice to keep it cool, you could use fresh fruit. Frozen fruit. Use frozen fruit in there as your kind of ice, and then you get some more of that extra little flavor to it. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. I also think these could be good, like cocktail, like simple cocktail bases. You know, take this, add some vodka or some gin, or even, I mean, maybe bur- maybe bourbon. I think bourbon, and depending on the gin too. Mm-hmm would overpower this because the flavor is there, but it's still really light. So I think bourbon would. I bet, I bet a, like a white rum or a, a white, a Blanco tequila yeah. tequila might kind of sneak in there and give it a little bit. And you can use, you know, extra fruit or things like that to kind yeah. of make sure you're not getting too schnockered there. <laughs> but uh, I think these are, I think that's going to be an interesting place to see where some of this play comes out. You know, I was talking with Seth the other day and, you know, last summer when we, tr- we had this Muscat, um, yeah, we had this Muscat wine that we had on the episode when he was on and they talked about using like a trash beer and this Muscat is like a, like a cheap cocktail and, you know, they're from Oregon. So it was Rainier, it was Rainier and this wine together and that got, me thinking, that got me thinking, it's like, what about using some sort of seltzer in it as well? Like to kind of give you that, you know, that light kind of bumpy freshness to it. I think it would be fun. But so overall impressions. Um, not something I want to drink year round, not something I want to drink every day, but definitely good. Definitely has a time and a place pool season, working in the lawn, stuff like that. You know, I think it would be really fantastic to come out of 100 degree heat after mowing and crack one of these and just sit in the air conditioning for a few minutes. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a good lawn mowing option or yard work kind of option. And since my lawn is too small to have a riding mower, I push mow it. So I can't really do the mow and the mow and drink very easily. But yeah, I I mean I think it'd be a good thing to have around in the summer. Keep a couple of them in the fridge, take them to the pools. We don't really do lakes and rivers here that often, but for the people that do. Yeah. Load load your cooler up as you head to the lake with with some of these. In your glass of water or your in your ice and <laughs> your ice and you'll be you'll be good to go. 
And as you can hear, we are going to go ahead and pour up our our next one, which is the Topo Chico Hard Seltzer. And this is their Strawberry Guava. And in comparison, right off the bat, this is just straight up crystal clear. Yep. Kind of missing that pretty pink yeah. tint that we got with the last one. That kind of shows you the difference, you know, when you use real juice in something, you're going to see that color. But this is, you know, absolutely clear. This definitely has more bubbles, though. It's definitely mm, carbonated more so. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, Topo Chico is a mineral water. So you get some of that minerally, minerally kind of flavor in there. But that strawberry and guava comes through. This has more flavor in it than the fruit smash, in my opinion. Yeah. Like just overall. Now, granted, you know, I tried the Topo Chico tangy lemonade yesterday Mm -hmm. and it didn't have as much flavor as the strawberry guava. So it could just be that the lemonades don't have as much flavor either. Yeah, definitely. We've got some others we can try after the show. But, but so Topo Chico is a, like we said, is a, is a mineral water. So they are actually going to have, it's going to taste a little bit different than some of your standard seltzers, just with that minerally backbone to it. But I really, really like this. This That strawberry flavor comes through really, yeah. really well. Yeah, that's really good. Mm, yummy. <laughs> so we'll kind of go through the same routine. Now, the first time I ever had seltzers, I don't know, I can't remember, it's been long enough that I can't remember if I've told the story or not was actually at a bachelor party and it was way before like seltzers were huge. And it was a day, it was at rum guy Dave's bachelor party. But here's the thing. When we had them, it was like 10 in the morning and we never had them past like maybe two o'clock. And we, like if we went out, the thing was, if we went out, nobody had them. It was like the thing that was in the house that we rented to just kind of keep keep us going. <laughs> I'm not judging, folks. You're not judging, but you're judging. But, I mean, it was a hydration thing. We can keep the party going, but you're also staying hydrated. <laughs> and it was actually White Claw that we had. Now I'm judging. <laughs> yeah, it was it was White Claw and it was I mean this was before anything I think anything else was out there. I think White Claw was there was the only one out there in the mass market back then cuz this was god. I mean, they got married in 17. I think, yeah, I think it was 2016. Summer of 2016, so it was before before the big the big thing and all of them were coming out, so but the Black Cherry was really good. I have a thing for Black Cherry. <laughs> They're really, really good. But I will say, these to me are steps up from, from White Claw. I think this mineral, the mineraliness of this has kind of that extra oomph that makes it a little bit different and kind of more interesting to drink. And then that the strawberry and the, actually, the, I think it's the guava that does it, that kind of makes it extra, kind of extra flavor. What are you thinking so far? That's good. That's really good. I'm just. I mean, I love anything with guava in it, so. I definitely got my attention there. 
Yeah. And I like that um, it seems carbonated where to me, I think a hard seltzer should, should be like a sparkling water. Mm-hmm. And that fruit smash was very, very flat in my opinion. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't as fully carbonated as some of the other ones we've had. Like, especially this one. This one definitely has a good, good lot of bubbles streaming up from the bottom of the glass. And it kind of does punch forward a little bit more. Now, when they, you know, we're talking about these kind of drinks. And there's really not a whole lot out there about seltzers. I mean, they usually kind of say, hey, here it is. And then, like, there's a whole bunch of cool marketing with it. And or they're they're marketing off of how long they have been around. Mm-hmm. One thing I have noticed when we're talking about the flavors, that's kind of that have kind of been coming through in the more recent history, especially this like coming into summer, I've seen more like snow cone flavors, which have been kind of hitting, hitting out there really hard. I've seen that as well. I mean, Lost 40 here in town has their like snow cone series seltzers that they make um, where they have tiger's blood and a couple of other ones. Um, and then even yesterday in Costco, when we actually when we bought the Topo Chicos, there was another brand that had Tiger's Blood and a couple other flavors like in their mix pack, and I can't remember what the brand was. I think it might have been no, it wasn't White Claw, but it was it was somebody somebody bigger out there. So that's kind of been the newest trend that I've seen. It makes me kind of think. So when you were a kid, were you a snow coner? What was your what was your go to flavor or flavors? Mm, I don't remember. I was a watermelon. Okay. I really liked that. It's gonna sound really weird. I really like the artificial watermelon flavor, but I'm not a huge, huge fresh watermelon fan. And something about that that candy watermelon flavor that I just I really love, but I don't really care for actual watermelon. So when you were in college, you would float. You guys had some rivers that you would go float down in the in inner tubes in the summer months or the uh, the summer weeks, as it, <laughs> as it might be up in Montana. Yes. What was what's some of your what's your uh, favorite river to float, and then what's your favorite? ride along beverage for a float. If I'm floating in an inner tube, I really like the Madison. It's relatively lazy. It's relatively shallow in most parts. So if you do need to stand up, if somebody decides they are going to be a mean person, degen. A degen. That's a very good word for it and flip you know, your tube, you're not in like 15 feet of water that's rushing where you might fear for your life. Because let's be honest, we're not floating with life jackets on and things of that nature. No. And it's just it's just a nice, easy river. And they've got a couple of good like points to put in and take out your tubes or your rafts. So it's you can spend about three hours on the river. 
And I mean, in college, mostly because I was too poor to afford anything else. You know, I was drinking a lot of like Bud Light or something of that nature. But really, you know, if I had my choice, there were a couple of honey beers that I would occasionally splurge. And those would be my favorite, like a honey vice or um, like a honey wheat or something. Did you ever do the salmon fly? I did the salmon fly some. Um, they're also, I don't think the brewery's around anymore, but there used to be a brewery called Spanish Peaks. And they had a raspberry honey wheat. Oh. That was really good. Sounds real good. And that was a really nice one to float with. The only problem with those is they were in glass bottles and only in glass bottles. Uh, okay. So they weren't always the best floating beer. So you had to pre-think how you were going to do those. Usually called a big Nalgene and put two or three in there and, you know, you just hook it to your tube and it stays cold because it'll dangle in the water. Yeah. And, you know, for, for those of you who are, th- if you, if you've never done it before, it's a really good tip to take something that you want. If you want to take something which is in a glass bottle, like wine or some beers, what you can do is you can get yourself, you know, a 32 ounce or even a 64 ounce Nalgene, load it up with some, with some of whatever beverage you want, tie it, carabine it to whatever you're floating on, keep it in that river. It's going to stay nice and cool as you're floating down. Floating down the way. Well, and too, back before everybody was making insulated bottles too. Yeah. Which are even better than an algae just because, A, it stays cold from the get-go. And then put that insulated bottle in there and it stays even colder. But back in my day, nobody had insulated bottles. <laughs> or, well, there were ones out there, but they were mostly coffee thermoses. Yeah. And I... You know, to be honest, I'm kind of worried. Those kind of worry me when I'm floating because of running into something. And I, I mean, just for a, kind of the conservation side of me, you know, if it's painted, I don't want the paint to go. I don't want the paint to chip off. And those some bitches are a whole lot more expensive than an allergen. If my allergen cracks, oh, well, I'll drink it really quickly. But if something happens to my insulated bottle. Or if I lose it, or heck, if I lose it, I would be a lot more pissed off than if I just had, you know, if I just lost a, you know, a little analogy. Yeah, I get that. So if you were to go today, if you were to go float the Madison tomorrow, if it was real cold, (laughs) I was getting to that point and it was warm enough to float, whatever. What would be your beverage that you would? That you would be carrying along with you? I don't know. Uh, probably some kind of lighter beer. Honey, some kind of honey weed or some kind of wheat lighter. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to taking some seltzers, especially if I was taking a whole cooler. Yeah. Which there is a way to take a cooler, even if you're in inner tubes. Most coolers float. Most coolers float, but also... Get a cooler that's small enough that it'll fit down snugly inside <laughs> the yeah. opening of the tube, and then you just tether that tube to your tube and uh, and you hit and you hitch on down the road and you go home. So, what's your what's your best tubing story or summer 
summer on the water story. It doesn't even have to, it doesn't have to be a floating story. It doesn't have to be a tube. Just best summer on the water story. Best summer on the water. Well, some of you are going to think this is the worst, but best summer on the water was we're going down the Yellowstone. It was my dad, my quote unquote Uncle Gray. He's my second cousin, but I grew up calling him uncle. So yeah, that's that's they're at that age where they're the same age as your parents and your aunts and uncles. So yeah, and he, Greg and dad were always more like brothers than cousins anyway. So mm. um, and my little brother Kyle and I. We're floating down the river and dad's fishing out of the boat and Kyle's fishing out of the boat and Greg's steering slash kind of fishing out of the boat. And I'm just along for the ride. I like to fly fish, but I don't like to boat fish. You guys were in like canoes or just like a, like a fish. We were in a boat. We were in a river boat and I'm sitting at the back of the boat. Got my feet up. I'm just enjoying the weather. I've got my, you know, shorts and tank top on and my ball cap. Well, a gust of wind comes up. My little brother just happens to be casting back at the same time. And he hooks me in the arm with a fly hook. Oh. And before I can get the words out of my mouth, he jerks forward so he sets it. Oh. And they had to get pliers. Luckily, Greg had pliers in the boat. They had to get pliers to get the fly out of my arm. You guys are all thinking this can't be your <laughs> your best story. Well, I was 19 or 20, so I was underage. But Greg pulls out on my arm, reaches in the cooler, cracks a beer. It was a Bud Light. And hands it to me. And my dad just laughs and goes, she just got hooked in the arm. She can have a beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's ever a time to have a beer, it's after getting hooked in the arm. I mean, he set that hook good. I mean, it was. So he caught you. In there. Yeah. So was it like in the like in the side of your arm or where was it? Right about there. Okay, so kind of in between, like about a couple inches below your deltoid. Yep. I I've been hooked. I've been hooked. I guess you could say hooked and set, not by a a fly line. I've been hooked by like a spinner bait, like a spinner hook. I've been hooked by one of those. And. I got hooked in the arm, but I got hooked in the crook of my arm. How it happened, I have no idea. And I got, it was a multi, it was a multi hook, multi barb. And I got hooked by two hooks past the barbs. And it was one that had to like, it was where it was. They cut it off and they actually pulled it the other way. Cause I'm, they're not ripping the barbs back through my arm. And I was like 10 and I was like, okay, nope, I'm done fishing. I have, nope. I've been hooked right there. I'm surprised that didn't rip through. Fly rod. Fly hook. Oh, okay. This is not a big enough hook. I've been hooked by a, a barbed one as well, though. Spinner bait, multi-barb. Oh, those hurt so bad. And, it, and I was, like I said, I was 10. And I'm like, mm-mm. And I was, I was on borderline about fishing at that point because I don't enjoy fishing. But I was borderline at that point in my life. And after that, I'm like, mm, nope, I'm done. No, thank you. I hooked somebody in the nose one time. <sighs> I mean, that's kind of impressive aim. I do what I do. <laughs> uh, so we've been yammering on and, and snacking. So how, how, how's what you've been eating going with this one? I still think um, the wings, just because of the flavor, kind of kill 
the flavor of this, but not as much as it kills the flavor of the fruit smash. Only because this has a little bit more depth of flavor than the fruit smash, in my opinion. No, I, I agree. Um, so, but the wings still just, there's a lot with the teriyaki, the sesame. There's just a lot going on there that's very, very rich and very salty. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just not my favorite pairing. That smokiness of the speck goes well with the mineral sweetness mm-hmm. of the drink. I haven't had any of, is it copa that we've got on here? I haven't had any of the copa with this. The shrimp are good, but I think shrimp are good with everything. So, yeah, you know, you know, the comte, <laughs> there goes the dancing shrimp. Uh, the comte is a li- turn, turns this a little bit bitter, having that little like age, age kind of funkiness to it. The copa goes well with it. And it's once again, is it the fat content of the copa? Yeah, it's it's the fat that really kind of helps set in some of that flavor because the what the fat does is the fat lightens the meat. Like you would think like fat would kind of make it heavier, but it's really kind of a higher it's a higher tone and it just lifts it up and me, and kind of brings in brings in whatever you're having with this and especially brings in something that's a little bit lighter. Yeah. And just uh, grab some of the copa. That was good with it. And the fat is the fat is sweet too, but yeah. not overly sweet. It's not like a sweet meat of like a shrimp or an oyster or crab to me. Crab is probably the sweetest of the meats in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not sweet like that. It's a different type of sweet. Yeah. It's and this is going to make no sense because they don't go together, but it's like a savory sweet. Yeah, it's more of a. It's definitely savory or like an earthy, kind of a more earthy sweetness or a more a um, like natural, kind of a natural sweetness that that goes with it and just makes it super delicious. Well, I think we're we're almost done with our our drinks, and I think it's time we talk about what we liked best with each of our drinks. So, what? First of all, what's the best thing you've eaten and drank together so far? I'd say if we're going to break it down by particular drink, the speck with the fruit smash, Mm -hmm. I think was my favorite. And I want to try one more thing before I do this because I've been eating the shrimp just with cocktail sauce. I haven't just had a shrimp without cocktail sauce. I Uh want to see how... That goes together. Yeah. And while you're doing that, I, I agree with you. I think the speck is the best thing that's gone with the with the fruit smash. I think that peppery, light smokiness just really played well with what was going on in that beverage. And for me, I think the best thing with the Topo Chico is the copa. That earthy, meaty, fattiness just goes so well to me with that strawberry and that guava and that minerally bite that's in there as well. I think just, just is probably the best thing is that's probably the best thing that I've had tonight. I think for me with the Topo Chico, it's a toss up between just the shrimp without the cocktail sauce and the Copa. They're both really good. They both bring something to the table and these are, unseasoned shrimp they are literally just boiled shrimp so no butter no salt nothing extra added to it just boiled shrimp 
It was good with the cocktail sauce, but it's definitely better without. Yeah, probably some of that um, kind of the uh, the extra sweetness and the the te- From- the ketchupiness, like the tomatoiness, probably yeah. kind of set it off weird, kind of strangely. You know, I think as we're as kind of we're heading toward the blind as well. Something there's some things that would be good with this. I think gr- some grilled fish. Mm-hmm. I think would be really good with this. I think you know, like you said, shrimp is going to be great. What do you think about like crab or like crawfish? So the only thing I worry about with crawfish is crawfish tend to be on the spicier side with the Cajun seasonings that they put on crawfish, and that spice may just kill the flavor. Um, my opinion, you need something a little bit bolder for crawfish. Um, just to keep up with the spice, but you also still want something light. So you've got to find that right, like mm-hmm. lighter yet full bodied beer right? to go with crawfish, where I think it's just going to kill either of these. Mm-hmm. Crab would be good depending on how you season your crab. Like if you're doing a low, low country boil, if you do a lot of spice like a crawfish boil, maybe not, but you know, a boiled crab or something, um, even with like a little bit of butter to dip it in, I think would go well. Yeah. I think, you know, along those same lines, I think like grilled chicken, grilled chicken, like if it's citrusy and herby, I think would go well. I'm hesitant about like jerk. Like jerk flavors, I think it may run into that too spicy level, but it's a very different spicy than you were talking about when it comes to crawfish. Right. So I'd be very careful if you if you want to do that if you kind of want to go with jerk jerk flavorings. I think this may be good with some definitely Asian style cooking. I think you could probably even have this with sushi. You may not you you may not want to, but I think you could. I think you could. Um, what you may not want to do, though, is if you, once again, spice. If you use a lot of wasabi with your sushi, um, if you use a lot of, or on the other note, salt. Like, if you use a lot of soy sauce with your sushi. Um, I think some of either would be fine, but a lot. I think you're going to run into the same problem of like the teriyaki. Yeah. Just too much salt, too much. But I think that, you know, if you're somebody that's moderate on both, you'll probably be good with sushi. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of see these as, as preemies as before, like before really meals, appetizers, snacky kind of stuff because of the flavoring that's added to it. It can cause, I think some issues when you head into like a main meal, but I think they would be good kind of like we're doing kind of doing the apre little snacky, little primo, you know, it's a shrimp cocktail. You've got board stuff out. You've got some fruit. I think fruit would be fun with this. Even some veggies, maybe kind of maybe good little snacky, snacky bits to it. But I think we saw like with the teriyaki wings, once you get into some of those more bolder, more complex flavors, these start to wane a little bit because I don't, I mean, to me, they're just not meant for that. Yeah. And same thing, I would shy away from 
dessert with this because the same thing like that overly sweet mm-hmm. I think would kill these. I think though that if I was going to have to have one with dessert, I'd do the out of these two, the Topo Chico. Yeah. Because of the mineralness and the flavor is a little bit bolder in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if I had to choose one to drink with a dessert, yeah, that would be my choice just because it's got a little more oomph to it mm-hmm. where I don't think it would get as lost. Right. But these were, you know, these were good and kind of surprising to me, both of them. And I'm, I'm happy we kind of did this again. But now it's time for a blind. All right, so it's blind time. Once again, we have another standard pour, but this time George knew what it was, so it's just going to be me. I did pour myself some, though. <laughs> of course. But it's just going to be me on this one. So, uh, we'll go ahead and cheers you. Uh, this beer is light in color, so like a light golden. It is definitely clear to see through. Uh, there's no real haziness. I could, you know, as they say, I could read through it pretty much. Yeah, I can pretty much read through it. And like I said, it's a kind of a the lighter golden, golden wheat kind of style look. There's a good bit of head retention. You know, it's been poured for, you know, maybe about a minute now. There's still just a little bit of head left on top. Uh, but George's is... George is gone, so maybe it's not quite as good of a head retention as I was thinking. Um, it smells very wheaty, but with some kind of earthy undertone on it. It's some kind of lemoniness to it, but definitely driven by that wheat. Mm. Really rich and malty on the palate um, with some light bitterness back there. Uh, definitely grain. I definitely call this a grain-driven beer. I uh, just have a little bit of earthy undertone to it and kind of earthy bottom note, which is kind of surprising for me, kind of with a beer, this lighter style. It starts to make me think that it's a, it's not American made. It has European influence to it. Almost like some, almost some like cookie cooked honeyness to it. Like maybe not cooked honey, but like, you know, sugar, that's not quite to caramel level, but that lighter kind of in between kind of stage. But still, man, it's definitely malt driven, but it's a good lighter or medium style malt with some earthy undertones. So because of that kind of earthy bottom note and it being feels just a little bit weightier, I think this is actually a lager. I think it's going to be a lagered style beer. But I'm not quite sure because it's kind of throwing me off with driving, driving with so much wheat, wheat kind of flavor to it. It's, it's, you know, we've had, you know, I think what New Belgium does kind of a weeded lager. Um, but I think it's got a little bit more earthiness to it. So I think this is, I don't think this is American. I think it is definitely European made. Uh, whether it's from Germany or Belgium, I'm kind of having a hard time to say. I think it's really grain-driven. It's golden. It's got that earthy undertone. It's got this very weedy kind of flavor. So I think this is some kind of like weeded lager. So maybe like a golden, like a golden lager, 
or something along those lines. I'm not exactly sure. You know, beer's not my specialty. That's a that's dad's specialty. So I'm gonna say it's some kind of golden lager uh from from Europe. And that's where I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> so well, George, what what do you think what do you think of today's episode? Good time. Yeah. Good food, good uh seltzers. Yeah. Good to have good to have you on. Good good talk, good good chat along the way with some with some good seltzers out there with the Topo Chico and that new Belgian new Belgian seltzer as well. It's really really happily surprised by both of those. Well, and I thank you for being on the episode, George, and I thank everybody for listening to another wonderful episode of Acquired Tastings. We are almost to 100 episodes. I think this is episode 96. So what are the plans for big 100? I don't know if I can ever, you know, get dad in the state for long enough. Maybe him and I'll talk about it and, and plan long enough that we can, we'll do some, do some big blowout, some big blowout for episode 100. And we couldn't have done it without you guys being along with us. We love to see all those downloads and listens from you guys. And if you if you think we're worth it, give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever your favorite podcast platform or social media platform does. Give us a rating. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and interact with us. We're out there, like we said, on, on most of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can send us an email at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. Well, we are very appreciative for you guys being here. And once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm Jordan. And we'll see you next time.